plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Hey, driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to the playoff edition of Warriors Plus Minus. We made it, TK. You played all 82 just like Kevon Looney. <laughs> Baby, this is what I we talking all about. I played but I was rarely on all 82. I'll put it that Anthony way. Slater, you're more like Clay Thompson, you know. No, I'm going to give you Draymond. You didn't you, you didn't do Draymond all 82. Draymond two and a half months. <laughs> and you haven't done all 82 in a while, buddy. It's all 72. It's been a few you. years. You know, we age, load management. Got a peak. Yeah. We got a peak. Adam got, Silver's upset with me, yeah, yeah. along with some listeners. Got a peak in the playoffs. Load you can't management. be just grinding through. You need to get the highest point in the playoffs, and here we are. We're just clearly demonstrating here we the are. highest point. This is, this is what we've done. We just follow, you know, we've been through this too many times to be worried you about You two trying season. to put me on the spot. Are you two ready to commit to it all 82 after every game? Woo! In the playoffs, I, I'm ready, man. I'm out here. I'll commit Marcus to every game of the playoffs. I don't know. If I'll commit myself. I'm out here. See you Saturday. Here's what we know: the Warriors are the three seed. They're playing the Denver Nuggets in the first round, and they will have a starting point guard. That's what we know. We don't know who it is. It might be Steph. It might be Jordan Poole. We we don't know. Is the series hinging on this? Mm, no, not really. Because I mean, even if he. Doesn't play game one. Game two is a possibility. Even if it's two, like I'd be stunned if not by three. To be honest, I'm getting more of a gut feeling that he is going to play. I mean, he's he's scrimmaging Thursday is the plan. And like Steve Kerr has come out and be like, but I, we can't find out anything until that happens. Yeah, anyway, they don't know. Right? They like, don't know until after that. Yeah. They, they don't. don't but that. the fact that he's already two days in advance saying the plan is for him to scrimmage means that means the body has yeah. told them he can. It's going to take a negative reaction after the scrimmage. You know, his body is going to have to say something different than what they've seen, which is possible. But sounds like they're they're feeling pretty good about I'm it. I'm just saying this feels like does this feel like we've been through this a few times? Like we're going to be watching warm-ups in game 1. Uh, have we done this before? I, I'm just waiting for have them we? to pull the giant curtain across the court, you know. That, that's the only thing missing, right? Is the big huge blue Slater, were you there for the blue curtain? Yeah, my favorite was the DeMarcus Cousins yeah. blue curtain. The DeMarcus That's right. That's, that's right. the end. That's that was the need. final the curtain. final big blue curtain, but the Steph blue, blue curtains curtain. during the what 16 playoffs was just that was part. I just that's my memory of the playoffs is that giant blue curtain being pulled back and the ball start dribbling and we can't go look to see what's going on. By the way, Demarcus Cousins, a figure in yes, this series, yes, he people is. have not talked about. This is the backup center for the Denver Nuggets. Now I talked to somebody about it, like you know you're gonna like those minutes, and it's like there's gonna be six of them because Jokic plays like 42 to 43 minutes a night in the playoffs, but. They are going to enjoy those six. I think. I think they'll like that. I think they'll like. They might attack that one uh, just a little bit, but uh, I, you know, listen. I think they could win this series with Steph missing a couple games. But the issue is like, what if he misses the first and they lose it? Like that becomes that's always the issue. Like 
Do you push it? You, well, you know it, what yeah. Raymond Ritter's going to say. They have been and uh, they have won a road game in every series. I've said it's my, I love that. My, my Ray Ritter is not no, as that's, good as Slater's. That's a very aging Raymond Ritter. Is that that if way? that's the case, Monday in Shea Center would be tense. That game two, Joe Laker would be, you know, it'd be like seven, four early on. He's like, uh, come on, D up. What if they don't play him in game one and they win? Like that's, you know, like they could try to play it out like that. Feels like to me, even though we know that they're incredibly conservative with all players, especially Steph, does feel like they're getting him ready to play game one. I mean, I think they feel good about it. And, you know, we'll see after the, the, the scrimmage on, on Thursday. But my feeling is that they are pointing towards him to play. It would take something negative for them not to play him in game one and, you know, win it and then get the series over fast. I think that's, you know, their best path to like, they get into a six game series with Denver. What are they going to be feeling like? Turn around and go get, you know, Memphis or Minnesota, or maybe it'll be Minnesota. You you don't want to like make, you know, you don't want to make the first round as any harder. You know, it just piles up the mileage on guys who've already got a lot of mileage. I think they're going to go for the kill. My feeling, just my guess, total guess, don't hold me to it is that they are sensing that Steph's going to be ready for game one. What's interesting, and I don't know if it's just because they are so experienced with it or something different, but remember how before when they'd be going through this, everybody was so tense and nervous. There was just a vibe like, we don't know what we're going to do. Like, I don't know. Stop stop asking about it because we don't know. Now it just seems like they're like, yeah, you know, he might play, he might not. And there's still smiles. People still return messages. Like, I, I don't know, have they evolved with injury management? or No. Is that, uh, is that a good sign? No, no. It's just there's just, there's understandably less tension about this one because his return is lining up for right around the start of the playoffs. This That's is what I was thinking. a very fortunate draw for them, by the way, Denver in, in round one. Um, you know, if you're them, you'd probably rather play Denver than even Minnesota, who you mentioned. Like, it's because Denver doesn't have two max guys. That, who, that you know, Denver had... We mentioned the Warriors may not have one of their main pieces. Denver does not have two of their main pieces. So if Steph Curry was, if this return was happening during the middle of the second round and they were down 2-1 to Memphis, it'd be less smiles, less, uh, you know, comfort. You know, especially with this week off they have. This week is huge for them. Thank the playing tournament. Adam Silver's playing tournament. Get, a lot of get, get, get extra yeah. days. Yeah, if this was... If this was a normal and you're playing Thursday, or usually, right, it's you end in the middle of the week, the regular season, and then you start the playoffs on the on the weekend. So if that had happened this time, I don't think Steph's playing game one. And this time, they got that extra day, they get that scrimmage, and they could point to Steph playing game one. And, and if not game one, I mean, I think it's almost a lock he's playing game two. So... That's good. For, and, There's and I, also I don't think the spread out first round. Yeah, it's, well, that always, round. but that always happens, right? They always spread. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. But I mean, like, you know, that's a that's kind of a backstop for them, too. Two weekends like, before they would get to game four from the end yeah. of the regular season. Well, there's going to be a, a stretch yeah, a in the middle of this series where they only play one time in five days, right? Because they're going to have Tuesday, Wednesday off, play Thursday, and then they're going to have Friday, Saturday off. Again, what do we know? But I don't think they, like, Steph with these other injuries has been, you know, don't know. This one, I don't think, I don't feel that seriousness with it. I mean, I've seen Steph walking it around. He's not there. Steph right? doesn't yeah. look like he's chilling yeah, at the NCAA yeah, tournament. Not, That's what I Steph do. Steph is not that worried. I really sense that. Like, he is not that worried about this. Again, maybe they get a different feel after, you know, a scrimmage or a misstep or whatever, but I don't sense that they're that worried. You know what else is, is important? 
Jordan Poole over the last month has like been Steph Curry Diet Coke. What do you want to call him? I mean, you know, it's like Steph Curry light. Even with Draymond, like now he's running every Steph Curry action with Draymond, the DHOs, the, you know, scatter to the corner relocations. And I just get a sense not only from Steph, but even from like the coaching staff that like even if Steph can only, let's say, play 25 minutes and he's just not like his usual self, well, like they could tilt a, a good amount of the offense over to Jordan Poole. And I think there is a comfort in the organization how that will go, you know, and that that wasn't there maybe a month ago solidifying that second unit helps is like they just don't have to worry about things breaking down and you know having Iguodala be a lead supporter GP2 feeling be good Elitza, yeah. Elitza, Elitza, look, look at that. this he's saving the season Marcus admitted he's saving the season they just feel good they feel good about it we sure Bielitsa's not going to get run out of a he series he might. when he gets he's, they're targeted. going into this they're going into this with Bielitsa yeah. being a major part of it that does not mean he will always be a big part of it but uh, hey, they got to get some minutes out of another center, right? They can't just go with uh, Looney and Draymond, not for the whole playoffs. No way, can't do it for this series. Uh, th- so if Curry is not that big of a deal or not as nervous as that means, we have one more pressing, pressing Slater pressing issue. Who's the start five? I'm saying right now on the record, there's no way Steve doesn't start with Looney. Yeah, no, nah. I I agree. Ain't with you. happening. That's the especially sense I this, get, especially in this. Series. Yeah, ain't happening. That's the thing. First of all, I think this gives him like a built-in, not even just an excuse, but a built-in like strategic. Like, come on, it's Nikola Jokic, you know, the ultimate save for when he does what he wanted to do anyway, right? Like, <laughs> which, by the way, I mean, Tim mentioned it earlier. You, you know, the you know going six games with Denver and then Memphis and then Phoenix. You know, this two-month potential run where ideally they want to obviously go for the next two months. You shouldn't start Draymond Green tip off of game one like guard Nikola Jokic from, you know, from the jump. Looney should absorb the fouls and some of the, you know, brunt work in the early That's portion the of the series. 20 minutes, man. Yep. They need yep. them. They, Not, they need no those. Question. And he can be pretty good sometimes. It's just the way they're built. And, you know, it, it makes more sense to do it. That. But, okay, then you're, who's your, who are you pulling out of the lineup when Steph's back in? Is it Jordan Poole? I mean, the other two options are Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has never come off the bench for this team. The weird thing about, you know, we mentioned the matchups of this series. Uh, This is a series that Wiggins isn't as important defensively because there isn't a bigger wing that he, like, must be on. Denver's entire offense is run through point point center, basically. (laughs) And, you know, Will Barton's going to get plenty of, like, kind of second unit minutes, right? I mean, Bones Highland and, you know, you'll, you'll... Gary Payton will probably be out there guarding Bones Highland at points. Like, they're not playing Paul George in the Clippers. They're not playing, you know, LeBron in the Lakers where where Wiggins' defense is just absolutely vital. So, theoretically, I think you could start with the three-guard lineup, which is obviously Steph, Clay, Poole, but I just don't think Kerr's going to do it. Now, I will say about that unit, they they were plus 26 when those three were together against Denver this season in 12 minutes. I mean, small sample. Steph, Clay, Poole? That's the <laughs> kill shot, play though. It's yeah. not the start. Yeah. It's the kill yeah. shot. It's yeah, it, you start yeah, the closing with your regular... unit might be very different. Not very different. Might just be a different equation than the starting lineup, and it might be Jordan Poole. But you know what? They'll have Looney off the floor anyway, so it'll be those three: Wiggins and Draymond. 
that'll be the closing unit. Iguodala on certain Iguodala nights. Iguodala on certain nights. I, Otto Porter is going to be no a bigger closing factor. Otto Porter uh, might be the center when Bielitsa, you know, gets run off the floor, by the way. Like, he might be the third center. He might be the second center when and if Bielitsa gets run off the floor. But yeah, Iguodala is going to have a role. No question. I mean, Iguodala calms everybody down. If things start, you know what's going to happen. Like, if things are scattered and pool and Wiggins aren't playing well, you know who Steve's putting in the game. He's putting in Andre Iguodala. Or if they need to guard somebody, yes. right? Yes. If somebody's rolling. He's putting he's in Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> so the question becomes, how do you think Jordan Poole handles this? I think that it's going to be made clear to Jordan Poole um, that you're getting, you're 30, getting minutes, 30 minutes, you're closing the games, calm down. Right? And not only that, and this is something Draymond mentioned the other day, it's not just like, hey, when he comes back, you know, what's his role? It's more how much of the offense, how much of that offensive pie is divvied up now to Jordan Poole. And the answer, which Steve Kerr admitted to me and Draymond Green said in a press conference, is like, this is more of a Jordan Poole offense when Steph gets back than it ever was. Not that like he is running everything. <laughs> Steph, get out, of the way. get out of the way. But he returns to an offense that must and will use Jordan Poole on ball more than it did last time Steph was healthy. You got to. You got to. I mean, you know, listen, he's not going to torch anybody defensively. So if you're going to play him, let him go off offensively. And he has proven he can. He's proven he can in big games. He's a guy that can work on the ball or off the ball. But I think most importantly is off what he can do on the ball because – We've talked about this endlessly. They don't have a ton of guys who can go off the ball and go find his way through the to the rim. And this is an important thing. And when defenses react to that, then he can kick it out. He's shown the ability to do that. And you got Stephen Clay in the corner. So is this a confession that Jordan Poole's a max player? Yeah, it sounds yeah, max. like you're confessing uh, uh, max that Jordan player, Poole's absolutely. a max that's, guy. That's what I'm saying. Max, max he, guy. By the Jordan way, Poole. that's happening. <laughs> like, uh, that's happening. let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, it, it's he's getting a big contract. Max, let's see in the playoffs. I, I've always said that. Let's see in the playoffs. But, and that goes along with like league wide, right? Yes, I mean, yes, like you know, contracts are made or or snapped in the playoffs. Yeah, not 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 just the old Jordan Poole. It's everybody, and I do want to see it in the playoffs. But this guy's dangerous, and there is no question about that. And it, he will be a big tipping point in this playoffs. They the Warriors got a lot of them though. Like it's not like like Wiggins. We don't know Clay. We really don't know Poole. We really don't know. Like of those three. Who's the most important to you guys think like that must play well? To me, like Wiggins has uh, his value or his like, you know, his people call him an X factor. Is so it That's is, but thing, I feel yeah. like he's become less of an X factor because I th- they now have a comfort level, I think, pulling the plug on him if he's not playing that well and going. And they, have yeah. and they have And they have Iguodala. So to me, it's between Poole and Clay. I mean, both is the answer, at least when we get to the later rounds, uh, you know, when they're facing uh, Memphis. But... One of the two, right? If if Clay has a thirty-seven point night, like Pool doesn't have to be that good that night. But if Clay is not shooting well, then Pool must. I feel like it's, it's just one of the two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I went in like a month ago. I was thinking either Wiggins or Pool has to be good. They can't both be bad. Now I think it's Pool and Clay, and I think Wiggins is kind of to the side. I, I really, I mean, he's put himself to the side with all this kind of like. I won't say listless, but he's just not been as good. 
And you don't think that Minnesota playing game last night fire him up? <laughs> was he ju- get ready to jump up on the table and, and, and pull off his shirt? He was. D'Angelo the, Russell looked pretty good. In yeah, that D'Angelo game. Russell looked yeah, just fine. He no did. Question. He no, did. No question. Although I was thinking Jimmy Butler was probably going. Yeah, that's the Carl Anthony Towns I know. That's the guy. <laughs> and because uh, we know what happened when Jimmy Butler. What was, was that game from Carl Anthony <laughs> Towns last night? You know the what? Fouls that rem- you know, were outrageous. Me a, little, a little bit of of what the We Believe Warriors did to Dirk. You just swarm the big guy, and he doesn't have that move where he can just free himself or make the good pass. That was Dirk, you know, before yeah. he, he no, got I mean, used. But they, it, it, he, it was like a guy who just didn't know what to do versus smaller smaller aggression. They put Batum on him. They put other guys on him. They didn't put necessarily put the big they guy They had on Reggie him. Jackson yeah. on and him And he just lot. didn't yeah, know then. what to do. And that's... Reggie what, had a nice little defensive play, like hand <laughs> yeah, in the face. That's what Don Nelson would do to these guys if you're just not used to that kind of swarm. And, and for Dirk, it was Steven Jackson, yes, remember? Yes, it was like, absolutely. It wasn't <laughs> a big guy. It was animal. a guy. I'm just going to throw somebody at you that's just going to go crazy. They're not going to call a foul every single time. And you got to deal with it. You got to make decisions. And more than that, you got to make decisions. And. Carl Anthony Towns was not making good decisions. And he lost his cool, yep. and yep. he started forcing Those shots. Those offensive fouls was, were just yeah. outrageously stupid. Yeah, it was like he had to remember the play where he, first of all, he like absolutely shoved Nick Batum out of the way. And I think Scott Foster was like, oh, I'll let that one go. Like, <laughs> then, you know, this is a big foul here. And then he like goes over to the next guy, and he like bulldozes him. And then he complains about the foul. It was wild. Can you imagine if they lost that game? Finch is wild for leaving him in, by the way. Yeah, you know what? Who <laughs> cares? Like that's the point. Like, who cares if he fouls out? Like that's like that. Oh, I, I could feel. I that. agree. Trust your player, and if he fouls out, like he well, stinks maybe anyway. you're playing better without exactly. him. And guess what? Even more reason to go. It actually street. happened that way. It just yeah. really reminded me of Dirk. It's just like that big player who's such a unique talent who can kill bigs because he can bring him outside. Okay, we'll guard you outside. That's all we're gonna do, and you have to get through what we're going to do to you to get down low, but you're not getting that open shot at the three. And he had no idea what to do. And he, man, he's going to, is he going to see a little bit against Memphis? My God, Memphis has, they're going to put Desmond Bain on him and just say, go, go try to do something. So the Timberwolves sent me like a, you know, they send award voters like these like care packages with this like massive box of like Kit Kat bars that was <laughs> oh, like, oh man, you know, I want some cats. Of those. I, I want miss some those. Of those. I want cat's those. logo on it. It was a fishing hat that said cat. Uh, there was a golf balls that said the best balls said best big in the league. There was a fat head, and they're just hyping them as best big in the league. They've hyped him this season after he won the three point contest as best shooting big ever. And you mentioned Dirk. What's funny about this is, you know, everyone from Dallas and really league wide is like, ah, eh, you know, maybe when a playoff game cap before you say you're the best big in history or shooting big in history uh and it was just what a uh it wasn't his playoff debut because you know him it and was, wiggins were was, in that series but yeah, it was so bad what a performance and it wasn't a playoff game it by the so way bad. it was not a playoff game. it was it was, not, a, it, it was like a, a hidden game in history <laughs> yes, it, it, it won't be recorded yeah, but d'angelo russell was good he was good like he did stuff you've got to do in those tough tough you know buckets. why because he's a good he player Here's a, good, here's a question: a Jordan Poole or D'Angelo Russell? Who's more valuable? Poole? Wow! Wow! There's more zoom to him, more athleticism. I think there's I think more he's of an faster. ability. Yeah, I think he's faster. There's he's more got of an a ability. Track. I think they're really, really parallel. I would say, which you know probably means I should say Jordan Poole is going to get a, a max because that's what D'Angelo got. But I think that's a really interesting parallel. They both have their weaknesses, which I will talk about 
defensively in other places, but they both are so dangerous and they both can hit those kill shots. So I think that's actually, if I was going to do a, you know, a closer parallel, I'd say D'Angelo Russell for, for pool. And then you can quickly say pool is more valuable is a huge, huge benefit, a huge point that pool is going to get a ton of money. I think Poole's ceiling is higher. I think defensively, D'Angelo Russell. You've never seen D'Angelo Russell with the chase yeah, down the, block the help, or the block the from help, behind. The help D, yeah. Well, D'Angelo Russell, I just don't think athletically can be a very good defender. Whereas, like Jordan Poole, I think, like there's nights when he's engaged, when he's physical, that like you see some a bit. You know, it's more like a six foot five, faster, quicker athlete that that can get up. D'Angelo Russell's like very low to the ground. And I feel like he's just accepted, like he's just kind of a, a clutch scorer that kind of needs a height on the other end. So, anyway, he's a good passer, too. Yeah, he's a good, oh, yeah. He's a good uh, both, I like how Jordan Poole has graduated from Jordan Clarkson to Monte Ellis to D'Angelo yeah, Russell. Like, look, the, the ascension of Kawakami got him wrapped up in a Spencer Dinwiddie drama. For yeah, yeah. Too, I right? like Dinwiddie. People hate, hate Oh, yeah, me I forgot. Dinwiddie. I like Dinwiddie. I do like Dinwiddie. I've always thought he would be a perfect six man for the Warriors. I thought this, empty. I've thought this for years. So people can get all mad at me. And I like Malcolm Brogdon, too. People hated me for saying, I think, at the time, I thought Brogdon was more valuable. Who knows? We'll see. But I'm comparing him to D'Angelo Russell, and D'Angelo Russell making $28 million a year. So there you go. You can grip me all you want, but I am comparing him to a max player. So let's go Let's go on with the that. Warrior, not just a max and player, a player the Warriors. Wins. Yes. Max. Yes. The Warriors were the ones that Max worked out well for them. Though. <laughs> the and let's see in the playoffs. Again, let's see in the playoffs. Point. And if he's there for him in the playoffs, all more power to him and he will be worth every penny. I do think there's some long term implications though with what they do with Wiggins. I mean, clearly they you know they have one year left with Wiggins. They have liked him, but man, if they start thinking about down the road, they're gonna have to pay pool twenty eight a year or twenty six a year, whatever it turns out to be. I just think that means Wiggins is yeah. gone. If they decide to pay, well, they might. Pool, they, they, that they might decide to trade him now while they could get some value for him. As Maybe I mean, but also, you know, the contracts line up very well for them. So yeah, just let him go and just have replaced, but then they lose the value. I mean, again, you know, I don't know what value they get for Wiggins anyway. But. Maybe I mean the other thing is you could take Wiggins to free agency, and if if his values dipped. You know enough to where he's getting get like for a bargain, sixteen million a year or something. Maybe you sign that and you either have it or it's flippable later. Trade him for Rudy Gobert. That's my. Idea. The question to me is, <laughs> I mean, we know it's a they joke. Don't everybody's see him a joke as a five. The question is, can you envision Jonathan Kaminga in Wiggins' spot? Because if you do, there's you just why why keep Wiggins. If you see him in Draymond's spot, then maybe you, it makes sense to keep Wiggins. But if you see him in Wiggins' spot... Kaminga's a four. Wiggins is a true three. I mean, now, Kaminga, the way his jumper has come along, I think has at least made it a little bit more realistic that you could put him at the three. But he, to me, in the modern NBA, he's like a he's like a four. Not really much of a five. To me, he's like, he's Pascal Siakam, right? They could Yeah, he's not a five. It makes the lineups fit a little Small bit weirder, five, but if you have Poole, Clay, and, and Curry still around, you're going to have odd lineups anyways. Yeah, They don't have a Wigan spot because they're removing that Wigan spot and they're giving it to Poole. So what Kaminga needs to do is be able to guard wings, especially big wings, and also play some four when you know Draymond's off the floor and you're kind of going small. Uh, I absolutely can see that. I know when you're going with Clay, Steph, and Poole, you need some ruggedness. You, you need some length. You need some athleticism, especially defensively and rebounding. And Kaminga, could Kaminga fit ideally with Draymond in a center? Yeah, it's not great, but 
you can do it. And then you've got Moody and, you, you know, who know, whoever else they can sign. Moody's, like, underrated in this conversation because he's completely disappeared from the now. But he's also Wiggins. When we talk about the, right? yeah, the like, smaller three, that's Moody. So you can go Moody and or Kaminga, probably Kaminga ahead of Moody. And, you know, Andre Iguodala, year 29, <laughs> will still yes. come off the bench in the playoffs, I'm sure. <laughs> he might can they just yeah. sign him to a playoff yeah. contract? Next 16, game, 16 game contract. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's really like the better like value, right? Because at some point we know where Joe stands on the roster and you know cost control some of these players. So it's really like Wiggins at what at best you get him for eighteen if somehow he comes back, you know, off the market with no offers. That's still way more than what you're paying, Kaminga. It just feels like it's better value. Just to we're look, I mean, I, I've been pointing this for a while. I mean, we're, this playoffs doesn't mean they're going to get rid of Wiggins, but this playoffs really could be where Kaminga moves ahead of them in in most conversations for the Warriors' future. Not right now, but yeah, I mean, you know. Poole already has. Yes, as we're talking no about. that's a no, huge deal. Yeah, no question, so. no question. And because you've also got Moody, you you don't have to have Kaminga be everything. Because you also have Moody and you have Draymond and, you know, you just that's how the pieces begin to fit. And it it's, does not include Wiggins. It just doesn't. You know, again, they're going to say all the positive things. They like him as a guy. He's going to do some things in the playoffs that are probably going to be pretty important. He's going to guard some people, but it's not going to be, you know, they've got other things that they could plug in there. And if Jonathan Kaminga has a more of a role on this team with pool already rising, Jonathan Kaminga's role happens if, Wiggins is off the court and we might see the beginning of that in playoffs as much as we've had this conversation in the in the the same vein of Draymond he seems to always still outplay his potential replacement this is going to be a huge playoffs for Draymond huge because if the Warriors don't advance against Denver you you gotta imagine they're going to make some major changes uh but if they do advance, it's going to be because Draymond played really well. Uh, where do you see him? How, how has he looked? Is he is he there? And is there a better way for Draymond to declare his greatness than to have a good series against Nikola Jokic? I actually am 
optimistic about where he's at physically right now. There was that game in Washington where he, you know, that road trip went horribly for him. The first half was like cringeworthy almost. And then suddenly in the second half, he came out and like just started literally like tossing Kristaps Porzingis around the court. He had that, you know, possession where he fouled Porzingis three times in one possession. But then it was suddenly like, hey, you know, at least he's awake right now. He had like three steals, you know, a few deflections, made a bunch of assists. And, and then after the game, called himself terrible. And I, to me, he woke up then. And and then they played Phoenix the next game. Remember, he was good in that one. Utah, obviously, that was their biggest win in the season. He was really important in it. And ever since then, I, he just physically looks like himself. Um, and that is absolutely massive because of who they're facing. Um, we know what he does to unlock who they are. And him against Jokic in the first round, like you said, Marcus, there's another chance for him to stamp his importance on not just like what the dynasty was but what this season and the next couple seasons which by the way he's under contract for two more after this the second one's a player option so he holds a little bit more leverage in in that yeah this is a, a prime chance for him to again show the organization like you know you don't win without me and i you know yes you have lottery picks and you know young guys coming up but nobody replaces what i do and, you know, if you're going to be playing a lot of Steph, Clay, and Poole, guess what they really need? Defense. Like, they need Draymond to hold that defense down. Now, Iguodala will be in there, and Wiggins will be in there, and GB2 will be in there. But Draymond holds it together. So I, I expect a big series out of him. I, I think this is it suits up very well because there isn't really a power forward that he needs to really focus on. So you can just be just totally Jokic and penetration from the guards. Uh, uh, Jeff Green? Jeff, my uh, guy Jeff Green taking over. Like This is a perfectly set up for Draymond to be Draymond. And he is good in playoffs. He was fine at the end of the season. And we'll see where that shot is. I mean, he makes a bucket. He does definitely you know perk up offensively. But also, if you've got Steph and Poole, you need somebody else actually to be handling the ball too because they're going to be running around trying to get open around screens. So, uh, and that's Draymond too. I just think this sets up for a very, very strong Draymond playoff run uh, and certainly the first round. Now we'll see how he holds up physically. We'll see how they all hold it physically because, you know, game one of the first round is going to be very different than game three of the third round, right? I mean, we've seen this happen when they were younger players and they are not younger players anymore. Uh, again, my emphasis on they want a short series. They want time off in between series. They want to be able to rest their, their aging bodies before they go at it again. And certainly, you know, potential wars against memphis and or phoenix uh then another one after that if, if that's how far they go i think draymond's going to be key to that i think his energy is going to be big i think he'll feed off the chase center uh, you know noise to begin with and i, I think he's going to have a i just this first round i think it's just set up for him to be excellent and this is what draymond does right <laughs> i just think it takes greater than denver <laughs> like Denver, you think he's not, not going to be excited by Denver? <laughs> I think. No, I think, I think like, his first playoff game since, Draymond look, June, since June 2019 is going to be pretty big. Yeah, in order to make Draymond not look good, it's going to take more than what Denver has. Like Jokic is great, but like he'll figure that out. He always does. Well, yeah, the big thing is like Jokic can Jokic will score on him, but no, he's, he's going to just, just hold his own too. enough. Every time we we go, oh my God, who's Draymond's got this tough matchup? He wins it like every time. I'm, yeah, I mean, just anytime you can point to, and then it's kind of like you're not thinking of it, and then something happens, and it's not a great matchup. It's just weird how that works. Like what 
OKC probably was the only series where Draymond wasn't playing great for most of it. And it's just like he just didn't have anybody to guard. He didn't have like that thing to go up against. Steven Adams, which who, by the way, looms in round two. <laughs> I count Draymond as a as a pretty much an automatic. I, st- I count Steph as an automatic, assuming he's healthy. It's the others that you're not so sure about. Well, I mean... And, and that second unit, we'll You're see. You're not counting Clay as an no, automatic I, I gay th- six? Yeah, no, no I'm not counting Clay as a I don't think we I'm can. Just, I'm just, I don't think I, we can. You're not counting Mr. Game 6 yeah. as well, automatic. Game Did six. you watch him score 110 points over his last three we games? We shall see. We shall against, see. Against. Yeah. How yeah, long against does it take too. Draymond to get his first technical of the series? Well, who, is Scott Foster going to – when's Scott Foster going to be officiating? Because that's I don't gonna, think we even know yet. <laughs> and we do not know. We did not does it, know. I'm not sure it's going to matter. <laughs> I think he's coming to get one early. What's, I mean, what what is the technical count in the playoffs? Six before you said Seven. Seven. So – He's going to get one or two in the first few games. There's no question about that. Yeah. I mean, he's going to, I think, set that physical tone early. Like, you know, let me bump Jokic. Let me. By the way, Jokic is a little bit temperamental out there. Jokic, remember how Jokic's season ended last year against Phoenix when he was upset? They were getting swept and he came over and, like, clothesline campaign. And he's gotten ejected a few times. Didn't he shove one of the Morse brothers, right? I mean, that, that happened too. Yeah. He can be frustrated. And Draymond is the type of defender in a playoff series that I think they're going to frustrate each other at times. But uh, yeah, that's it. By the way, I mean, like, appreciate what we're probably about to watch. I mean, we're talking about Jokic is going to go down as like one of the top 15 like offensive forces ever. I mean, it's a very, he does it in such a unique way. But, you know, he is going to get a lot of one on one against Draymond, who is one of the greatest individual like defensive Very good points there. Very good points there. Yeah, no question. No question. Uh Slater, where are you on Clay? It's what you saw in the in the last three games, despite, you know, consider the opponent or not, is what you saw enough to think he's figured enough out to be effective in the playoffs. I think he's taking a step physically where he, you know, he seems to have broken through to where his body feels pretty good on most nights. Not every night. We know how these injuries and in, in early to mid-30s go for players who have had major injuries, which is like woke up stiff day of game two and, and maybe is slower. And, and this is obviously a gauntlet ahead of them. But he's just – I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. It's not even just the jumpers going lately to me. I don't know how you guys feel, but it's just like the way he's curling around screens, the way he's getting into it, even the way he's like bouncing back down the court with that like confident. There's just more bounce to him. And I think that not only matters offensively, but it's really going to matter defensively. What Curlos is that two dribble into the paint, fade away, hit that, hit that 15 footer. Like those are so important in this offense to get, you know, the defense is going to be top blocking. Those little areas are open. We've seen so many Warriors turn down those shots and Clay get in there, use his six foot six body and just get that jumper is just what's going to be there. It's what's playoff basketball. And I don't know if they got anyone else and a Wiggins occasionally can make them, but I don't think anybody's counting on him making five of those a game. Clay makes those, then that opens up the other stuff, and he starts feeling great about the three. That's how, what's happened during this run here. You know, when he's going off, is like he's he's starting usually with a couple of those mid range, and then that opens up everything to him. And then then he's just not even looking at the basket, and he's just throwing it in. Uh, those are gigantic. I would I would say like watch out as you mentioned those. You know, get the body ready. Uh, what what is it a a one thirty uh, Denver time start in Game Four? Like watch out for that one for the Warriors. Like this is a team that needs 
a lot of time to prepare for games, and that is going to be an early start. Watch out for that. It is off to it is off two off yeah. days, Thursday to Sunday. But yeah, I mean, watch Slater on that one too, because Slater can be a little groggy on those day games. So uh, that, that's Denver <laughs> groggy? Nah. Oh, watch, watch out for Slater. You know, I I do think you're you're right. It's the the mid range to me is what makes me think Clay's figure something out. But Slater, to your point, he just looks better shooting them. But like, remember he was taking them and he's fading and he's leaning and he's not making them. He was jumping over a phone. Yeah, it's like a credit card, right? He's just, like he looks better. He hit one man. It was like twenty feet in the in the, I think it was the third quarter against uh, New Orleans. It was like it was against good defense. He's faded. He drilled that. I was like, we hadn't seen that shot where he rises up and his bucket. To me, that's been the significant difference. But I do think something physically about when he's taking off. He's getting a little bit more explosion. He's not like afraid to get blocked because he was man, he everything was like fading. Pump fake, pump feet. Yeah, pump, yeah, fake, pump yeah. and all that. Like he's just going up. Something's different physically in that mid range. Early on he came back and I like remember he was really trying to get to the rim. And I don't know if it was some of the top seventy five comments or, or you know and him saying, look, I'm a, the best two-guard. He went and dunked in game one, but I felt like he was trying to go to the rim too much. This is not his game. He was getting blocked a bunch. He went, like he doesn't really go to the rim anymore, and, and that probably to a lot of people sounds you know counterintuitive, like, well, geez, so now he's just a jump shooter, but yeah, he kind of just is now, which is fine. He doesn't get to the free throw line. Have you seen his, his big lines lately? It's like 37.0 free throws, 33.0 free throws. But that's fine. That's who he needs to be offensively for them. I think he's found his game a little bit. And I also think Jordan Poole's emergence has allowed him to take a little bit more of, of the catch-and-shoot uh, type role instead of there was a time where, especially when Steph was out, he was like, I control the offense. Creating at the, the offense. At the yeah. end of the game, doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's never been but like that. But that's no longer. Yeah, but he's, he's letting yeah. Poole and do he's it. He's never now. been that guy. Even before the injuries, he wasn't that guy. I mean, there was you know, memes about Clay going to bucket and not being able to finish. That was certainly early in his career. Wasn't his dad on him about that? Or the yeah. no, yeah, Clay ups. Yeah, 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 just couldn't. Or the no dribbles, right? Yep. He was famous for yep. not taking a lot yep. of dribbles. So it just wasn't ever who he was. And maybe he tried to add stuff to his game, and there's nothing wrong with that. But with Jordan Poole especially, as Slater says, you just don't, you have that guy doing that stuff, and you can have Clay getting to his spot, waiting for the ball, and then firing when it's there. And, uh, it is a very, very good setup for them. And Jordan Poole opens it up. And obviously Steph, you know, when Steph is back and if Steph's at full speed, that'll, hey, that'll TK, open how, how much of the change in Clay is Clay realizing, you know, he probably should be more catch and shoot or watching Draymond say, hey, what are you doing? hey, Jordan, no. <laughs> come get the rock. <laughs> hey, Jordan, it's you. Jordan, you're one of the guys now. You are, you are Jordan, one of the guys. Hey, Jordan, come get the ball. <laughs> Uh, yeah, come get the ball to set up a pin down. Well, know, that's another why Draymond is so important offensively is because he actually can organize them for stuff like that. Like it, I, and, and Kerr says it. You know, like you wouldn't think that these other guys, you know, that they need Draymond to do it, but they, he does. Like he just gets the ball to the top and starts directing them where they should go, and it does not happen with without him out there. Andre can sort of do it, but not. You know, he hasn't played it very much this season. It's Draymond and. Uh, you know, has he run one DHO with Clay? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what they do. It's not. It's not their thing. I, the Draymond is like, hey man, we're getting back to what we do. I love you, Clay. You're gonna get all the shots. 
but stand but o- like yeah, stand over there and, yeah. and Jordan, you come over here. <laughs> so you like Jordan? <laughs> it's wild. It, I mean, it does look like Steph too. His dad is hilarious. You mentioned his dad within that. I went on. This would have been earlier in the season. Whenever the Warriors play the Lakers, I go on like their Lakers pregame radio show, and Michael Thompson is one of the two guys doing the interview. And this is when Poole was going off early in the season. And he, like, on air asked me, he's like, ah, this Jordan Poole, you know, he's really emerging. Does this make Clay expendable? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, that's wild. Yeah. But uh, sorry, you just, uh, when you mentioned the dad, it oh, that's good. made me think that's about good. that. Yeah, they're gonna trade. I think they're going to trade that guy. Yeah, they're going to trade that guy. You're going to dump him. He's just trying to get him to L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not happening. He, he wants Michael's feeling good. I, I went on, they, you know, they just played the Lakers late in this run. He's feeling good about Clay looks, which I think, you know, matters. Because, like, he, part of what I'm saying, like, he's an extremely honest uh analyst of of his son and and really basketball in general so i think him thinking clay looks good is a good sign too for, for yeah well clay you know, does look good. clay does look good i mean and you know if he if he's making shots it's really hard for them to get beat it's really hard i mean there's a lot of things that could go wrong but clay making shots and you know draymond playing great defense it's hard for them to lose just, that's just been you know so much and then you know you just write in the other stuff curry and da 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 but when clay shoots like that assuming all other things being equal, the Warriors are really hard to get beat. Really, really hard to get beat, especially like a team against Denver that is lacking the firepower. Yeah, lacking that firepower. Again, the one that really convinced me was when the Warriors lost, given that bit back that big lead. But like they they shouldn't have had that big lead against Denver. Like they didn't have their guys. I think it was just Steph out there among the main guys. And they were better. And then they gave it back because they played clunky and Steph gave up the three, whatever. But... They were better than a Jokic Denver team that night, and I think they are better than them, especially when they have their guys back and and when their guys if if and when those guys are playing well. That loss though is informative to me of why I still think the Warriors can be vulnerable in this series. They're they've had crunch time issues all season, and like you you can outplay teams and lose playoff games too. You know, like Mike Malone can make a can start hacking Wiggins and change the game. Or, I mean, know, Minnesota. Them. Just won yeah, the game. Yeah. Clippers were better. For yeah, most Clippers of the were game. better. Yeah. For most of that game. No no question. So like, you know, late late game execution just it's... That's why I think Wiggins and Lunier might be off the court. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they got enough players to do it that way, but they might be off the court and, and, and to close some of those games if it's close. I wouldn't be stunned if he hacks Draymond, hacks Iguodala. Like, you know, those guys historically have like are clutch free throw shooters, even if their percentage isn't that good. But it's just I think we all agree going in if you just break down the series like the Warriors should win this thing in like five six, but you know playoffs get weird, especially if a team steals an early game that they should. And also, and, it could be five, but it'll be six because they gave one away. You know uh, what I'm in saying? Denver, like yeah. in Denver, and, and yeah, yeah, it, that that could definitely happen. But look, before we go, I will be remiss, Slater, if we did not spend some time talking about the greatness of Nemanja Bialica. <laughs> Turn. The I don't. I don't around. know what's happened. Turn the season but around. but. But what I don't I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. I think he's shooting more. I think it's crazy. But I agree with TK. He's gonna be in the rotation until somebody starts cooking him, and he's got to get pulled. But the playmaker Steve loves that. He loves it. Yeah, I mean, he's already made it clear. This isn't like us guessing he's gonna be in the rotation. Like he's in the rotation. Steve has said it. Interesting be, side plot of this story uh, <laughs> or of this series. 
Bielitsa is very friendly with Jokic, and the Warriors also He's have a, a coach. Boy. They're both Serbian, yeah, and they also the Warriors also have a coach on the back of the bench, a Serbian coach who was Jokic's Jokic coach, coach. Yeah. Dejan. So I don't know what that means. I definitely don't wouldn't consider a Bielitsa that means the, the Jokic Bielitsa can lock up lock Jokic. Up. He knows lock his him game. Up. Lock him up. Well, and you know, he played him pretty good him. in that game. I'm talking about. He played him pretty good and. Yeah. They were actually pretty yeah. happy. I mean, with that. that's I think the difference. No one's going to say Bielitsa is a good defensive player. He's not, and he gets isolated in any pick and roll, and he gets attacked. We've seen it: three buckets a game, four buckets a game. This happens, but just fighting the other center. So the other center is just not being a sieve and being a three point threat on the other side are two things they absolutely need. And they don't have anybody else. They don't have anybody else who's six foot ten. They just don't. So. You know, maybe that was a spot they saved for Wiseman. Un, you know, unfortunately, maybe unwisely, but they just don't have anybody else who does that. They're not playing Draymond twenty-five minutes at center against Jokic, and Bielita just being able to fight, just being long, just you know, sticking his arm out at the last minute and 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 you know, affecting a shot in in in, in the paint, fighting for rebounds. He's not going to be good at those things, but just give them a fighting chance there. And maybe hit a couple threes and and maybe not dribble the ball into tra- traffic and give it up two times a game, only do it one time a game. That's serviceable for them when they've got Porter, when they've got Iguodala on the floor. Like when you've got these pieces that fit, you know, they can steal some minutes with them. And if they can steal some minutes for them, that's all the better because it means Draymond and Steph and Clay and Poole have a little less they have to do when they're in there. So he's in the he's in it, he fights. That's all they need. It's a relatively small scale thing they need out of him. He wasn't doing it for a long time when Marcus wanted to ship him off wherever, but he's doing it now and it's valuable to them. Not incredibly valuable, but it's valuable enough that they're going to play him 12 to 14 minutes a game and maybe more sometimes. I'm interested how if they try to line his minutes up more with Cousins. I know there is an appeal to them offensively to get him on the floor when Cousins is on the floor because it drags Cousins out more. Uh, you could pick and pop. You can get him in the high screen game. But on the other end, Cousins is a little different than Jokic, uh, but he's gonna if he sees Bielitsa on the floor, he is going he's to get physical. That's kind of what you want, though. Yeah, I don't think the words yeah. are going to say. Yeah, I mean, like, it might hurt him a I little bit. Yes, I don't think Where he's yelling at Will Barton like, ball, <laughs> give me <laughs> yeah. ball. And then you frustrate him a little bit, and then he just starts jacking, and you know that they, they might not be uh, too upset by that. But again, it's going to be six minutes at a time. It's not going to be 14 minutes at a time. They can live with and see if they can spread the floor out and and hits get some shots on on cousins, which I think they would love to see. So we'll see. I mean, if it's cousins versus Bielitsa, if that's a, if it's the turning point, I think the Warriors will take that. Yeah, he just needs to shoot, take threes, check, 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 uh, chuck him up. <laughs> Got stuck between. Chuck he's gonna and take a up. couple, but then he's gonna pump and be like, I yeah. also could put it on the floor right <laughs> now. Make just it. chuck Play him. Make Bielitsa, Play if you're make listening, he said, don't put he said, it on this the floor. game is on ABC Saturday night, and these viewers <laughs> probably didn't watch the EuroLeague seven years. <laughs> they don't know how much they of a playmaker I, I am. Watch this pass. They think I'm just a watch regular stretch pass. five. <laughs> Dime. <laughs> he gives up in the long, great tradition of Warriors players who give up layups. He gives up. He passes off of layups more than. I mean, Iguodala is the number one all time, and Draymond's another one. But geez, and JTA is another you know, one. Absolutely, and GP two sometimes too. Like if he can't dunk it, he pump fakes and passes. Even Damian yes, Lee has they, done they, it a few they times. They turn down layups. It's really that's what they do. But 
Bielitz has been doing that a lot too. It's a fear of getting your shot blocked. I mean, it's again, I understand it. It happens, but sometimes he's got Jonathan Kaminga does, does not, not turn does down, not turn down layups. He tries to lay it up from fifteen feet away sometimes. But like this and is that's why this is, he should. Like, you got to be willing rotation. to absorb. Like figure out how to get fouled if someone's going to try to block your shot. Don't give it up. Do not give up layups. But they give them. They turn them down so much, and they try to make that extra pass. It gets knocked away. It's a turnover and gets run the other floor. But I just happen to be is doing that a lot lately. Check us out on Warriors All Eighty Two after every game. Tim Kawakami and Anthony Slater will bring you a pod every game after All Eighty Two and Warriors Plus Minus. We will be back next week. Will the Warriors be up? What is it? Three zero? No, next week they they play. They have that long break between two and it's three, 2-0. so it'll be between 2-0. two and three. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we'll do it between two and three. Jeez. I am. Hold on. When is game two? Tuesday. Tuesday. No, Monday. Monday. Yeah. Saturday. Oh, Monday. oh, Saturday, oh. Monday. Yeah, yeah. So we won't be recording before then. No, but you said four zero. I think. Is what you yeah. said. I said three zero, okay, but three-0. I was like two zero. This is okay. my prediction. Two zero or one one. It's gonna be one one. We go Slayer. One one. Live Slayer. Slater wants me to go to Denver because I think I'm only going to go if they're if they're going to lose, but I lose a game. Well, I mean, look, one one, they're they're not. They'll get another home game if it's one one. But I don't know. This season is not yet. Yeah, early on, it went terrifically for them. But one one does not mean I'm picking Denver in the series. I didn't. I picked the Warriors in six. But it just feels like. It won't be easy. Yeah, no none, of, none of this no, is no going to be easy. No none of this is. They, I should have added up all their their home record under Kerr, but it's pretty good in the playoffs, by the way. I mean, their home record's pretty good. Doesn't mean that's exactly what's going to happen. Now it's not the exact same team, but I think they're a pretty good home team. I just against a, a Denver team that isn't. I think Denver was lousy on the road. If I seem to call those, I'm just quoting stats now off the top of my head, but. I think they're going to be up 2-0. I think they might boot back 2 in Denver, but I think they're going to be up 2-0. Denver in Chase Center this season, 2-0. Oh, okay. Wow. 2-0. Let's go. 2-0, baby. All right. Until then, we we will holla at you. Anthony uh, 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 Slater in uh, right field. Austin Slater. 